Hey, Brandon here. Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. I'm your host as always. In today's episode, gosh, I love this episode. I had a conversation with Amy Schultz. She is the Director of Talent Acquisition at LinkedIn. And it was so fun because we talked about the future of recruiting. LinkedIn Talent Solutions came out with a report. It's a very lengthy report, which I dove into, of course, because I'm a nerd like that. The title is The Future Recruiting, Seven Ways Your Role Will Change. And we touched on a lot of the ways the role will change. And we talked about some things that weren't in the report. And I'm just fascinated by the future. A lot of people I work with know me as I'm always thinking about the future and kind of a futurist. And so I love speculating on what's going to happen. In this case, you know, if you're a recruiter or have a recruiting background or it's part of your role, you're going to get a lot out of this because Amy talks about a lot of the metrics that are going to be important in the future and whether recruiters are seen as strategic nowadays. We talk about the tech stack you should be using. We talked about skill sets you need to develop. And if you're a business leader or owner who's looking to hire a recruiter, whether it's in-house or an agency, you know, you're going to need to know what to look for and who's going to be a good fit for you. And the war for talent is there. I think people know that. I don't need to keep saying it over and over again, but I think it's hard. You either have to develop talent from within or find it elsewhere and low unemployment rate. So people are already scooped up. So it's a matter of really finding the people are going to fit and you got to make an incentive for them to jump ship and come join your team. So I think you need an effective recruiter. And I think this podcast is going to give you all that and more. So listen to the podcast in the show notes, you'll find the link to the report, which you can access. And anyways, follow Amy Schultz. I'll put a link to her LinkedIn profile. She was great. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Please go give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. And thanks for sticking with us every Tuesday. Love the community we built. And it's so fun to connect with the listeners. So definitely keep connecting with me, whether it's on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever. I don't care. You can reach out to me anywhere. Enjoy today's episode with Amy Schultz, the Director of Talent Acquisition at LinkedIn. Hey, Amy, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Brandon. It's a pleasure. So let's talk about the future recruiting. We don't get a chance to talk about this a lot on the podcast, and you are the expert. You're LinkedIn's Director of Talent Acquisition. So let's talk about some of the ways that the recruiting profession is changing. Recruiters lean on LinkedIn, as I know, as you know, as you're seeing with the data. I'm curious if you've seen a rise in recruiters as the years have gone on, and where do you see it going in the future? Great question, Brandon. And, you know, good news, I guess, for anyone listening to your podcast and works in recruiting, because our roles have never been more important. And I guess the change is that we're just not operating under the same rules that were, you know, even five years ago, let alone. 10 years ago, you know, a lot of the people listening to your podcast are probably listening to it on their commute. And that's also when they're looking for jobs. You know, majority of candidates are now, you know, online on their smartphones, looking at jobs, reading about different companies, you know, then more informed than ever. And, you know, what I find so interesting in the world of work right now is we've never had so many generations at work at the same time. You know, millennials aren't at college anymore, which kind of blows my mind. <laughs> All right. I'm a millennial. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm a cusper, apparently. Yeah. And, 
you know, Gen Z is the next generation coming through and they couldn't be more different than millennials. And we obviously have Gen X and still some baby boomers working. So that means that these demographic shifts are kind of creating new rules for work and it's changing competition for talent. And, you know, coming back to, you know, your first point around like is recruiting rising, you know, in our future of recruiting report, the data shows that demand for recruiting professionals has increased 63% globally since 2016. And, you know, I expect that trend is, is going to continue. I think what's insane to me about the recruiting profession is obviously there's an uptick of people becoming recruiters. There's a demand for it. But I think like the point you made about the generations at work and obviously the Gen Z coming up is you have power users in terms of the internet. And then, you know, at the later stage generations, maybe not power users in terms of LinkedIn. And they're probably just not as visible on the web. As a recruiter, you're trying to find new talent there's a whole group of people that may not be, you know, updating their profile and having all these skills and things that you would normally put on a resume within LinkedIn. So like as a recruiter, the skills of using this online and probably offline tools is becoming a challenge and a skill that recruiters probably need to have, wouldn't you think? It's a great question, Brandon, and what we are seeing now is that recruiters, we can't be creatures of habit anymore and you know what got us here won't get us there. And, you know, we need to be agile, we need to be more strategic. And, you know, we need to kind of develop these passive recruiting skills, along with storytelling skills to make sure that we are really able to attract candidates from all different generations in a meaningful way. And that definitely means I think, you know, tailoring our approach depending on, you know, the motivations of the particular candidates and type of talent that we're looking for. I'm a business to business marketer. That's my profession. And LinkedIn is the tool for targeting. So I'm curious because the recruiting side of targeting has gotten so good with all the profile data and just the way you're able to, you know, target job ads to people. Do you anticipate like the tools getting better in the future? And what does that mean for the skills of the recruiters in general? Like, are they going to lean on LinkedIn as a crutch in a lot of ways? Or are there a really unique set of skills that these recruiters will need to use the tools effectively? Yeah, great question. And I think for the first time ever, like recruitment, we have our own tech stack. Before, you know, the technology that we used might have been part of an overall HR tech stack or even before that IT. So, you know, we have our own technology and I think we'll continue to see deeper investments in technology that will be required to find quality candidates. But to your point, you know, with technology also means we can't rely on that solely and we do need to be investing in our skills. And I think the three big ways that I see that playing out and we saw from our future of recruiting report is moving from tracking recruiting activity. And by that, I mean like time to fill, for example, which yeah. is still, you know, metric, but like we need to be focused more on the impact. And I think getting better at calculating business impact. And something that I also think we'll see, Brandon, is recruiting teams will probably need to have more non-recruiting specialists. You know, for example, I can't imagine doing my job now as a recruiting leader without my people analytics team or partner. And, you know, underpinning that is just an overall need for more strategic skill sets. And I think, you know, strategic is a very overused word. Um, sure but that, yeah. 
By that, I mean, you know, data analysis, consulting, problem solving, you know, so both like the technical and the softer skills. And I think, you know, we need that to be able to keep up with recruiting technology. And from our report, 52% said that that would absolutely be a top priority in the next five years, really developing those strategic skill sets. Wow, if we only knew how to exactly do that, then we might all have very strategic people. <laughs> we would be very strategic and maybe we'd be on a boat right now, Brandon. <laughs> I can't wait till I get my yacht. <laughs> yes. So, you know, one thing I hear a lot, and I know you hear it, is this war for talent. You know, people are fighting for talent versus one another. And, you know, the idea is that you're having to go basically steal or there's a candidate pool available and we're like taking from somebody else that is looking for the same talent. So there's that or there's, you know, opportunities for developing from within. So how do you think that is going to play out in the future? Maybe it's a little bit of both. What do you see as being the trend and how does LinkedIn play a role in all this development from within? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting that you asked that. When I speak to my peers, you know, when I speak to TA leaders, recruiting leaders at other companies, internal recruiting is like top of mind. And I think getting that process right in order to retain our top internal talent and also ensure a quality process as well. I think sometimes, unfortunately, external candidates can get a better experience than internals, which isn't what we want. And I'm seeing that companies are now carving out resources within their recruiting team to focus on internal hiring and internal mobility. And actually in LinkedIn, we're piloting that in Dublin with our sales hiring because internal mobility in our sales is so high. So I do see that, you know, more than ever, professionals need to be engaged and empowered to get the job done and they need to feel a sense of fulfillment, you know, in the job that they're doing and that, you know, the company is going to continue to invest in them. And you asked me, like, how do I see LinkedIn playing a role in that? And as you and I both know, you know, career paths aren't linear anymore. And yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And LinkedIn, we recently acquired Glint, which is a people success tool. And we're seeing a lot of companies and even like CEOs now really embracing employee engagement as like a top business metric on yeah. how they get a gauge in, you know, how their employees are feeling. And that can also help move people around depending on where they're wanting to go. And so we acquire Glint and I see that people's success will continue to be a real strategic driver for organizations and employees. Like we want to also invest in ourselves, right? And yeah. so I think a great way to empower employees to think about, you know, the next role or how they can really master the one that they're in is obviously learning and continuing to invest in those skills. And, you know, at LinkedIn, we're, we're super lucky that as employees, we have access to LinkedIn learning and, you know, certainly have seen that as an effective way for companies to really create meaningful career paths for their employees as well. Yeah, that's what I was so fascinated by the acquisition of lynda.com, which is now LinkedIn learning. And I don't know how, I think it was like a couple of years ago from what I remember, but it was such a smart acquisition because we've been talking about external recruiting, but like the internal part is huge, right? And if you have all these technical skills and soft skills that you can develop through this learning platform. Like that's perfect. It's going to be yeah, so beneficial. A hundred percent. Now where, you know, you're helping organizations hire, grow and retain their employees, which is that, you know, full life cycle that we all want when you work in HR. Yeah. I love it. 
What do you see as like the biggest challenge in the recruiting environment today? So if I'm a recruiter, what's going to be my biggest challenge? Well, you know, I keep thinking like change brings change, right? <laughs> so to get all cliched on you, Brandon, but you know, I think that to meet the demands of the changing workforce, you know, all these different demographics working at the same time, we need new skills. And I think as recruiting professionals, we really do need a sense of curiosity, agility, growth mindset to be able to develop the skills that we need. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I can't imagine doing my job without people analytics now. And, you know, it's not surprising that the need for insights driven talent strategies is absolutely up. And, you know, through the future of recruiting report, we've seen like talent analytics roles grown by 111%. And I think the three skills that will become so important over the next five years for recruiters, you know, engaging passive candidates. And I think underpinning that, Brandon, is that the skill of storytelling, yeah. you know, recruiters, marketing, we're all telling stories, right? And, you know, it's no coincidence. I don't think that we've seen communication skills increase 3x among recruiting professionals since 2015. And, you know, I think the ability to communicate is one of the most in-demand soft skills that we see on LinkedIn. And, you know, coming back to these, you know, insights-driven talent strategies, analyzing talent data to drive decisions. And, you know, we've seen data analyst skills increase 2x. And I think, you know, for a long period of time, we've been talking about data, right? This is nothing new, data-driven recruiting. But where I see the shift now is, you know, turning data into insights. And really that comes back with being able to make a recommendation and do so in a compelling way. So the storytelling, not just how you tell your company story, but also how you tell story with data, super important. And then that will enable us to be better advisors to our business leaders. And, you know, problem solving skills has increased to X among recruiting professionals since 2015. So I think that, you know, all of these skills are really coming to the forefront now. And I think by being able to develop these, they'll hopefully allow us in recruiting to keep rising to the challenge of the changing, you know, workforce. I hope the HR people and recruiters don't get mad at me for saying this, but I think most business leaders have always thought of the HR recruiting profession as like order takers and department of no and mm -hmm. all those things. And I think like everything you're saying makes a lot of sense to me where, you know, they have to be strategic. They need to see at the table. They need to be able to understand what the data means and be able to report back to the leaders in a very simplified way. And, you know, one thing I wanted to mention, because I think communication is one of those things where you have to be an effective communicator as a recruiter. You have to be able to reach out yeah. to those passive candidates, as you said. And you know, something I've seen a lot lately is that there's a lot of thought leaders in the recruiting space because they're trying to develop a giant network of people. They're marketing themselves and they're building a personal brand all to become a better recruiter to build a bigger network and people who want to work with them on both sides of the coin. And I think that's just what the world's coming to, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I do. I think, you know, what's that saying? Rising tide lifts all yeah, boats. Yeah. And so, yes, you know, I think as recruiting leaders that, you know, we are out there sharing, you know, thought leadership topics and wanting to build and diversify our networks. And I think by doing that, like that uplifts and up levels our whole industry. And, 
You know, you mentioned, I think, the perception of recruiting in HR by some business leaders as being order takers, and you're not wrong. You know, I think that we have in the past been too reactive, and maybe that's because we haven't always had that seat at the table, and perhaps senior leaders haven't always valued not only the point of view of recruiting in HR, but also being willing to make the investment in those teams to build, you know, not just like robust teams, but also the skills. And so I'm really pleased to see that trend shifting that, you know, I think just by, you know, looking at how much recruiting is now in demand, like up 63%, mm-hmm. to me, that indicates that companies are now going, oh, right, we need to be investing yeah. in this function, which is great. And I think in order to move that forward, you know, coming back to my earlier point of tracking outcomes, not metrics. I think if we speak the language of our business leaders, that's going to help a lot. You know, going to them and talking about time to fill might not necessarily be as compelling as if you're going in and talking to them about quality of hire. You know, of the people that I've just hired for you, you know, they've ramped faster, they've achieved, you know, budget quicker, you know, we're retaining them longer, you know, linking it back to business Mm -hmm. impacts, I think will be, you know, really important and then continuing to diversify the talent that we're bringing in as we know you know diverse teams wins diverse teams also create better business returns and i think that that's another way that we can continue to evolve and elevate the role that we have so more and more business leaders see us as those consulting business partners not order takers why is this all changing like why we've mentioned how recruiters have always been seen as order takers but i think that that is being shifted a lot. I don't know if it's by the recruiting industry in general, if business leaders are actually open and even know that recruiters are important to the strategy side and that people is obviously a huge component and the right people at that, you know, that's the most important piece. But what's changed recently that now business leaders are like, okay, recruiters are actually very vital part of the business. You know, I think the changing, you know, nature of work, the demand for talent, you know, just how many, you know, I'm based in San Francisco, I recruit in Silicon Valley, a strong recruiting team that can recruit you great talent quickly, like that's a deal breaker to whether your company can scale or not. So I think that, you know, now just how quickly things move and change business leaders are recognizing the importance of recruiting and of a HR, not just to bring the talent in, but also retain them. So I think that, you know, is linking directly to the bottom line, which is great. And, you know, we're seeing, I think, millennials, so speaking to, you know, our generation, we're really purpose-driven people. And we want to work for purpose-driven organizations. And so I think that that being able to attract an appeal to, you know, our generation has been really important. So I think that that's been another strategic driver as well. You said something a little bit ago that caught my attention where you said something to the effect of like, recruiters shouldn't be just reporting on metrics just for metrics sake, but really outcomes-based metrics, because that's what's going to link them to mm-hmm. the seat of the table and to business leaders and the actual business goals. What should they be reporting on? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I think metrics like time to fill will always have a place. But, you know, I'm more interested in how long a candidate is spending mm-hmm. in process. You know, how long is it taking someone to get to an on-site interview, to be approved for hire? Because if it's taking us too long, 
one of the companies down the road is probably going to move quicker and get that talent. So I think that, you know, I'm interested in kind of lifting up the lid and looking at, you know, time in stage or time for approved to hire. I mentioned quality of hire, you know, from our survey, over half of the companies that we spoke to, you know, aren't currently tracking quality of hire. But, you know, 88% of them said it's going to be really useful in the next five years. So we still haven't cracked that code, Brandon. But I do see that more companies are now putting more thought into how they can measure higher. You're in marketing. So, you know, candidate experience rating. I think that's going to continue to be an important metric to measure. Because when we think about technology, and I think when we do get to that utopia point where all of the different tools and pieces of technology that we use in recruiting integrate and talk to one another and it's going to be amazing. What then becomes the point of difference? You know, most candidates will be able to go through an efficient process. So what's going to be that thing that makes them want to work at one company over the other? And that's going to be the experience that they have and still that human connection they have with recruiters and hiring managers. So in our survey, three out of four companies aren't currently tracking candidate experience, which I was quite surprised about just given just how we look and rate everything that we do now from, you know, Uber to Yelp to whatever. So I think that we'll continue now to see that become more of an important metric to track. And 70% of people we spoke to said it will become more useful in five years. And then just coming back to diversity, I think diversity of candidates will be a really important metric Mm -hmm. to track. From our report, you know, only one in three companies are currently tracking diversity of candidates or their, you know, diversity of their pipeline. But over half said that, again, it will be more useful for them to track in the next five years. So I think that, you know, these are going to be the metrics that lead to outcomes that will become much more important over the next I'm glad you unpacked some of those because, you know, a lot of times I hear metrics that are, you know, like the time to fill, those are pretty standard ones, but it's everything leading up to, you know, the hiring. And then it's just kind of like, you know, at that point, out of sight, out of mind. I really like the one you said about the quality of hire. And if you ever crack the code on that one, I really want to have you back on to talk about that. Because to me, it seems like if you're able to track, you know, everything leading up to the hire, and then even afterwards, just noticing like what skills and what soft skills that they had, and how they're performing and all these other metrics after the fact, and relating it back to what did you see during the interview process? I don't know if that things you're thinking about, but that to me would be if you can tie those things together, you can get some cause and effect relationship somehow in there. But it's a lot of data I'd imagine you have to collect. <laughs> it is. And over you know a longer period of time, which is I think why we kind of mm. haven't done it, Brandon, because you know, time to fill, you can get pretty quickly, right? Like once you close a rec, you understand what that time to fill is. Whereas Quality of hire takes longer because you you know you do need time for people to onboard and to ramp. But we are actually about to pilot it within one of the orgs that my team recruits for. So more than yeah. happy to come back to you in you know six plus months and talk more about that. Because to your point, it could be a game changer. Because yes, you get a feel for the skills that you thought were important versus actually what's needed on the job. Also, like where do your great people come from? You know, I think. We often think about referrals being a really high quality source of hire, but maybe mm-hmm. it's applicants, you know, maybe it's all candidates. So I think, you know, all of those data points would be super, super beneficial when we think about our uh, talent strategies moving forward. I got a couple more questions for you, and then I'll let you go. 
You talked about the tech stack earlier. Recruiters have a ton of options, as many options as they have (laughs) in recruiting. I mean, people obviously use LinkedIn quite a bit. What other tools are people using? And how do you build a tech stack that's going to work for you without being overwhelmed? You know, I don't think we're quite there yet, Brandon. Like I think it's (laughs) overwhelming. And there are so many amazing tools out there. Um, They don't yet all talk to one another, which I think, you know, creates a bit of a challenge for recruiters in their relationship with technology. You know, they're wanting to use technology to continue to be more, you know, efficient and to be able to automate some of the low value tasks, but yet they don't yet all integrate. So I think that's why like LinkedIn, we're really excited about LinkedIn Talent Hub, which will be a single platform for multiple functions from sourcing to managing leads and pipelines to hiring, which I think for recruiters is really going to minimize a lot of the friction and help them save time, which we are, you know, really excited about. And, you know, I think that in some cases, you know, it might make sense to use several solutions, you know, each doing one thing very well. And then I guess the key is making sure that they all do work well together. We're looking in the future here at recruiters for a business leader who's maybe looking to hire a recruiter either in-house or maybe an agency of some sort for recruiting, you know, what skills do they need to find in the recruiter of the future that's going to get them the candidates they need? And also for you know, recruiters that are listening, what skills do they need to develop to be the recruiter of the future? Yeah, I mean, I think both the soft skills and the technical skills, you know, Brandon, and when I think about the highest performing high potential recruiters that I've managed in my career, so far, like the common skill that they all have is a sense of curiosity. And I think, you know, being agile and having a growth mindset, seeking feedback, and then course correcting on that feedback, like those soft skills are so important. And then when we think about the technical skills, you know, sort of coming back to, you know, the three key ones that I mentioned earlier, you know, engaging passive talent, So really coming back to that storytelling and recruiters having that ability to tell a compelling story, being able to turn, you know, data into insights through making recommendations to leaders and hiring managers. And I think a lot of that actually comes back to confidence. You know, sometimes you want to make that recommendation, but you don't always have the confidence to do so. So really backing ourselves and recognizing that what we do is important and it's never been more important. So having the confidence to really own your voice, and that will really set us up to be better partners to our leaders and to our hiring managers, and to have those, you know, really like deep talent-driven, insights-driven conversations, which is what we all want to do and where we want to get to. And so, you know, if you are in recruiting and listening to this, like what you do matters, and it's never mattered more. And I see more and more people now actually seeking out a career in recruiting, whereas you know, when I started Brandon, that wasn't necessarily the case. And so, you know, I'm really happy to see that because I think the better the recruiter, the more curious, more agile we are, then, you know, the better for business in general. So, you know, it's all good. My guest today has been Amy Schultz. She's the director of talent acquisition at LinkedIn. Amy, it's been a pleasure to have you on. So we talked about the report, the future of recruiting seven ways your role will change. And that was put up by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Can I put a link up to it in my show notes? Yes, let's do that. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on, Amy. I appreciate it.